Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Listen, grab your Bibles with me and turn to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. And Luke chapter 2. Matthew 2 and Luke 2. If you ran out of the house without your Bible, you can follow along on the screens. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we've come to worship him. And King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this as was everyone in Jerusalem. We go to verse 9 now. After this interview with Herod, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. And it went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And they entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasure chests. And they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and when it was time to leave, they returned their, uh, to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Verse 16, Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him, and he sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Now Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. And let's see what this thing which has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. Father, we thank you for the chance to get into your word today and read about the account of your birth 
on this day that we celebrate it. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today. And I pray that all of us, all of us will have surrendered our lives to you by the end of this service today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, the historical facts of the birth of Jesus are indisputable. There is more evidence that Jesus lived than there is that George Washington lived. Okay? But the Christmas account in the Bible is not just a recounting of historical facts. It's also an account of what happened in the minds and the lives of the people who heard about the birth of Jesus. None of them had the full story, right? None of them had the big picture yet, but all of them heard enough of the facts to know that something was special about this baby. So the Christmas account in the Word is not just about the facts. It's also about how their lives changed as a result of those facts. So on this Christmas morning, 2022, I want us to look really quickly at the facts and the fallout of Christmas, the facts and the fallout. When Herod heard the facts of the birth of Jesus, um, they, they were pretty vague, but it was enough for him to know what was happening. See, Herod was very familiar with the Jewish faith and the prophecies surrounding the coming Messiah. When he heard from the wise men that Jesus had been born, the Bible says he was deeply disturbed. And that's an interesting response to the facts of Christmas. He was deeply disturbed. Now, history tells us that Herod was one of the most insecure leaders who had ever reigned. He was a probably clinically paranoid. He was convinced that he was going to be assassinated or be deposed as leader of his particular little section of the Roman Empire. He was ruthless to any perceived threat to that power and position. So the wise men came and they said the words that he feared the most. They said, where is the one who is going to be the king of the Jews? Because we know he's already been born. And that's what caused the deep disturbance in Herod's heart. See, it's one thing if a faction of people rise up in revolution. It is another thing entirely when this baby is the one who fulfills the prophecies of the centuries. He knew that this Messiah would unite all of the Jews against him and that Herod would no longer be king. So for Herod, the fallout from the facts of Christmas was fear. It was fear. He was afraid he would lose his power. He was afraid he'd lose his influence. He was afraid he'd lose his money, his prestige, his ability to make decisions for himself. The fallout for him was fear. Now there are millions of people today, maybe billions, for whom the facts of Christmas cause the same reaction. It's just fear. They will celebrate a secular version of Christmas all day long. Love them some mistletoe and some Christmas parties. But, but don't talk about the baby in a manger. All the rocking around the Christmas tree you want, you want, but let's don't talk about old holy night. Right? Why? Because a lot of people fear exactly what Herod feared, a loss of control. When you come to know the facts of Christmas, you realize that Jesus 
is the newborn king. Not just of a kingdom that will be set up on this earth at some point in the future, but, but the king and the ruler of every individual heart who chooses to follow him. The fact is, you can't follow Jesus, King Jesus, and stay in charge of your life. Your life becomes his. He will kick you off the throne of your own heart. He will change your plans. He'll redirect your resources. And he will challenge your assumptions. No longer is it about yourself, but now it's all about Jesus. And just like Herod, a lot of people refuse to give up that control of their own lives. So the facts of Christmas bring a fallout of fear. The reality is, though, that though they may fear a loss of control, they really aren't in control of very much or for very long. It's God who holds the ultimate control and the final say over our eternity. And so by the time they see what's happening, it's too late to change anything. They, uh, they let go of what's already been given to them in order to hold on to what was never theirs in the first place. Jesus is a great king. Always good. Always just. Always right. Always working for our good. To work everything to our good. It's stepping off the throne of your own life and allowing Jesus to take over should not bring fear because it's the best decision you could ever make in your life. Here's a second kind of fallout that, that we read from the facts of Christmas. The Bible says there were wise men that came from the east. Probably from what we know now as Iran. The, the kingdom of Persia in that day. They knew of the prophecies of the Messiah. Uh, they, knew that there was, that they knew that it had to have been time when they saw the star rise in the east as had been prophesied. When they saw the star, they knew what it meant, and they came to pay tribute to the newborn king. The fallout for Herod was fear, but quite possibly the fallout for the wise men was just formality. Formality. See, protocol mandated that you bring gifts and worship at the feet of the one who, who was considered both king of the Jews and the son of God. Royalty and deity which was not uncommon in those days. Many kings intended to be worshipped. So when they found Jesus, they did just that. And they left him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They worshipped the child, and then they left. The Bible doesn't indicate that any of it was personal. So you can have an academic curiosity and never have a personal commitment. I hope for their benefit that it was, and it certainly it may have been uh, sincere for them, but it's also possible that they were only doing what was expected between neighboring kingdoms. They were following the formal protocol of the day. And here's what I want you to see. You can do all of the things that the wise men did without ever committing to Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. You can understand the facts of Christmas without having any life-changing, soul-saving fallout in your life. You can even give honor and glory to the one who is recognized as the Son of God without ever surrendering yourself to Him. See, there are people all over the world who understand and even accept 
the facts of Christmas. They recognize the royalty of Christ, the deity of Christ. They sing the carols of Christmas with reverence and with sincerity, worshiping the Lord for coming to earth. They have no argument about who he is in this word. They, they have no problems with any of that, who he is with the Christ, for the Christians. But when it comes to making a personal decision about Christ himself, they keep it at arm's length. Their belief in the Christ is academic. It never travels the 18 inches from their head to their heart. And they get the facts, but the fallout for them is just formality. There's no selling out to Jesus as the Lord and Master of their lives. These folks are tough to minister to because they agree with everything you say. They just have no interest in letting it change their lives. In today's terms, we might say that they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power that will change them. We might say that they have a religion, but no relationship. The, the last group of people that, that, we need to, that hear the facts of Christmas are the shepherds. I like the shepherds. Um, the news was delivered to them first from one angel and then confirmed by a whole army of angels in a choir singing a brand new song about Jesus. Now, like the wise men, they made their trip to find Jesus. But the fallout in their lives was immediate and different from all the other groups and people that we've talked about. That it seems that they truly believed what they heard, that they took it personally. They started telling everybody they could find what had happened about, uh, what the angels had told them about and what had happened in Jerusalem. They told everybody. They glorified God. They praised God. The fallout for Herod was fear. And the shepherds were certainly afraid at the beginning as well, but they pushed through that. The fallout for the wise men was formality. The shepherds also went and found the Christ child. But the effect on their lives seems to have been personal and immediate. It was a fallout of faith. A fallout of faith. They allowed the gospel to change them. And they received the good news with joy and gladness. You see, the story of Christmas is only good news to those who have faith. Here's what I want you to do today. I've read you the account of the Christmas story. Cor, come on and play something, Bubba. I've read you the account of the Christmas uh, story from the scriptures, the, the account of Jesus' birth. I've given you the facts of Christmas, and now I want you to consider the fallout to those facts in your life. Do they just cause you to be afraid? Afraid of anything bigger than you? Afraid of what you can't control? Afraid of anything spiritual? Valerie and I have talked to, to close friends of ours who were not following Jesus. And we said, don't you think about eternity? Doesn't it, doesn't it cause fear when you think about eternity? They said, no, we just don't think about it. Listen, ignoring the truth does not negate the truth. I don't sit around thinking about gravity. But I would not suggest that 
when you take down the lights from your house that you just step on off. You can ignore the re- you can ignore the laws of gravity all you want to, but they are a reality whether you think about them or not, and they have they make a difference in your life. Is the fallout for you just formality? You're like, yep, okay, I accept those facts, I, but but I'm not going to allow them to penetrate my heart. I got it all right here, and I agree with you, but it's not it's not going to change anything that I do. No decisions I make, nothing. You see them maybe like the claims of the other religions around the world. You have respect for it. But it has no impact on your life. Are you sensing that it's time maybe to respond in faith? In faith. Are you sensing that the facts of Christmas are different than all the other religions? Maybe you're seeing it in a different light today and you're ready to be changed like the shepherds were. And if that's the case, then the good news of the gospel is for you today because the good news says today is the day of salvation. And right now is, is the acceptable time. If you will surrender your life to Jesus today, He will take over and lead you to an eternity with Him. Listen, here's the facts. Jesus came into this world as a newborn baby lived a perfect life, died a horrible death on the cross, taking the punishment that he didn't actually deserve. He died. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. He has taken his place in heaven now. And he extends forgiveness and peace with God to all those who are humble enough to repent, confess, and receive that gift. The fact is all of us were born sinners. And if we accept that and we surrender our lives to Him, He wipes away all of our sins, cleanses us from all unrighteousness, and claims us as His own child. Those are the facts. What will the fallout be in your life today? I pray that it's faith. I pray that it's faith. Stand with me, please. And I know, I know you got the kids and, and some of you are, going, are doing your best and you're doing great trying to wrangle them. But if you can just bow your heads for just a minute, we can just hold on for just a, just a couple of minutes. This is, what, this is what Christmas is all about. So if for you, if you'll bow your heads with me, if, if, if you say, John, I hear what you're saying today and I've never really even thought much about it, but something stirring in my soul today that I'm not sure I even understand, but I know something has gotten changed today. If you today are ready and willing to repent of your sin, to confess that you're a sinner, and to surrender your life, your decision-making to the, to, to the Lord Jesus Christ today, would you slip your hand up? I'd like for us to pray. I'd like for us to pray today. Would would there be one that says, today's the day that I am surrendering to King Jesus? Amen. Father, I thank you. I thank you that today we're all confessing that, that we know you. 
or that it's just, we're just not in a place to surrender to you today. And that's okay. Lord, we know it's your will that none should perish, but that everyone should come to repentance. Lord, I pray that you would be with us. Lord, I pray that the seed of the word would be planted deep in our hearts and in our souls, that it's good soil. And Lord, at the, at the right time, your Holy Spirit will convict and bring understanding to the fruit of that word. And Lord, I pray that it grow and be strong. And Lord, that people would respond in faith to the facts of your word. I pray, God, that you would help every one of us to live a lifestyle that reflects the faith that we have in you, not just as a newborn babe in a manger, but as a soon and coming king. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.